Welcome back, everyone, to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald, your one place to get all Keys Prep Sports news and history. You can find this podcast every week at keysweekly.com. You can search for Keys Weekly Sports Wrap podcast online and tell your friends about it and listen every week because we got a lot of great stuff going on. This week, we're going to talk about softball baseball track all the spring sports and guess what everybody football's coming back at least for a month spring football starts this week so we're gonna break that down a little bit but let's go back to last week and hit the results last week was a big week for marathon baseball they were able to beat ransom everglades in the first round of the conference championship 6-3 taking them to the conference championship Coral Shores Baseball lost to St. Brendan last week. Marathon Softball won via forfeit against GMA. Coral Shores Baseball beat W. I'm sorry, ABF Academy Homestead 9-5. Marathon Softball lost to Ransom on the 27th, 9-1. Key West Baseball beat Miami High two times at home, 12-1 and 11-1. Marathon Baseball lost 6-0 in the conference championship. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Key West softball was able to beat Western 4-3. So, a lot of stuff going on. Some spring sports are winding down. Softball is getting ready for their district tournament. Baseball is getting ready for their district tournament. As far as baseball goes, Coral Shores finished their regular season play with a win against ABF Academy Homestead on the 25th of April. They are 6-13 on the year. They're ranked third in the district, and they are going to go to Marathon. Well, at the time of this podcast, they went to Marathon Tuesday night, and they played in the first round of the district tournament. Coral Shores beat Marathon prior 14-2 in the one contest of the season in March. Uh, The winner of the game that was played on Tuesday will go to the district championship May 3rd, with the likely opponent being Keysgate. Though both Somerset's South Homestead and Silver Palms are also in the running. So Marathon, like I talked about at the top of the podcast, was in their conference championship game. Um, they made the conference championship game earlier last week by defeating Ransom. Dylan Zeals was on the mound for that first round game, and he had 16 strikeouts, extending his nationally ranked strikeout stat. Ryan Yablon hammered three of the Finn six hits. Uh, Dylan Globe, Gabe Leal, and Jack Chapman had the other three. Now that win sent them to Miami Country Day School, where the tournament is held on April 28th to take on Palmer Trinity. Senior Ryan Yablon started out on the mound for a marathon, did a good job, lasting three and two-thirds innings, while Gavin Leal closed it out. Brian Brochet had a pair of hits in Yablon, and both Leals had one each, but it wasn't enough to beat Palmer. Palmer was able to beat Marathon 6 to nothing, so that ended Marathon's um, quest to get a conference championship. That's the bad news. The good news is, is they're playing in the district tournament, and this is the march to the state championship, so hopefully Marathon or Coral Shores, we don't know at this time who wins, and whichever team wins goes on to win the district and to continue in the FHSAA playoffs. Now, When you're talking about FHSAA playoffs and state championships, you're talking about Key West High School because they have a record 11 state championships and they're on a quest for number 12 this season. Key West completed the regular season play last week. We're beating Miami High two times. Their record is 18 and five. They have the top seed 
in the district tournament. They are ranked first in the region and third in the state. Now, they cleared their final hurdles to seal their rankings by defeating Miami High twice. They're ready for the district tournament, and they are looking to make another state championship run. So good luck to Key West High School Boys Baseball. Now, it's the spring season. Track is starting to finish up. All the schools had district championships. They're going into regionals this week, the state championship for Key West and Coral Shores. Um, is on the horizon, but regionals are May 3rd for Key West High School and Coral Shores High School and May 6th for Marathon. So good luck to all those track athletes out there. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about girls softball. I'll give you a breakdown of the three teams right now. Key West softball, right now their record is at 15-3. and three. Last year, they went to the Final Four in the state championship, and they're looking to make another run. Their district tournament is coming up this week, so good luck to Key West High School, and hopefully they make a push into the postseason. Now, Marathon High School softball is 8-5 and five on the season. Their district championship or their district tournament is also coming up this week. Um, good luck to Marathon. They're eight and five this year, and Coral Shores is finished with their season at six and six. We talked about this last week. Coral Shores is an independent, so they do not qualify for postseason play. So they play their regular season, and then their season is over. So their season is over, and they finish at six and six. So a lot of news going on, and also this week, if you're driving by your favorite high school or any of the high schools in Monroe County after school, there's a good chance you're going to see football practice going on. And you're going to say to yourself, what the heck is going on? It's May. Why is there football going on? Well, the state of Florida allows spring practice. And this year it starts May 1st. And all three of the Keys high schools will be participating in spring football. Coral Shores does have a spring football game May 19th at home. Um, Marathon High School also has a spring game May 18th at home at 6 p.m. at Marathon. And Key West High School is doing a red and white game. They do not have a game. They're going to do an inter-squad scrimmage. And all three teams are looking to continue on the success that they had last year and build on that. You know, Coral Shores had a great year with football and Marathon was pretty good and Key West had a great year. So hopefully all three teams have a great spring and remain injury free and everybody learns a lot and we move towards the fall. So spring football is going on now. When you talk about football and you talk about Keys football, you know, everybody can talk about the legends, you know, all the legendary players, you know, from George Myra down in, in Key West to Tony Bryant and Marathon and all the great players Coral Shores have had in the past. And and one of the names that always comes up when you talk about the greatest football players in Key's history is Robert Speedy Neal. And we just recently lost Speedy Neal. And I've talked about him so many times on the podcast. And I know when Coach Wise was on, he named uh, Speedy Neal the top athlete that he has seen in his tenure. And, and Judd Wise wasn't even here when Speedy was here. So... Um, it's sort of a, a little sad podcast today and, and we're going to celebrate the life of Speedy Neal and we're going to talk to one of his classmates today and that's uh, Amber Archer Acevedo. She's class of 80 at Key West High School. She's also the deputy superintendent 
But we're going to go back in time and we're going to talk a little bit about Speedy Neal and, and everyone can get an idea of the impact that he had and the type of person that he was and the, and the kind of family he had. Thank you. All right, here we are, everybody. Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald. I'm really excited about our guest here. She is a longtime fantastic employee of the Monroe County School District. She's had all sorts of roles. And right now, I think, I hope I'm right about this, she's Deputy Superintendent and it's Amber Archer Acevedo. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Very well. Thank you for having me on. Uh, well, for everybody out there in Monroe County, you know, this podcast, we talk about uh, prep sports going on currently and historically and throughout like a lot of our podcasts. I had Coach Wise on and he talked about the greatest athletes that he's seen in his history. Now, Coach Wise started teaching in Key West in 1983. Yes. And even though he started in 1983, when he got to the number one guy, he got to someone that graduated in 1980 and that was Speedy Neal. And, um, unfortunately, you know, Speedy Neal, um, has passed away a couple weeks ago and I really wanted to have sort of a deep dive with somebody that grew up with him. And we have a very special person today and that is Amber. You graduated with him, correct? Yes, I did. He was a classmate of the class of 1980 from QS High. Yes. And to me, like I'm a little bit, a little bit younger than him. I grew up in Miami and even in 1980 in Miami before the internet, I knew who Speedy Neal was. He was legendary and he was legendary early on. Um, not, not just for high school play, but from his early days, uh, and predominantly in his early days, it was for baseball because he was too big to play in youth leagues um, at that time. So uh, his dominance was legendary for his baseball play. So like growing up, what were your earliest memories of, uh, of him and his family? Um, probably I would say in the baseball fields. And, and back in the days of the 70s growing up um, along Kennedy Drive, the baseball fields were kind of everybody's home away from home. Uh, parents, much like they do today, but just kind of a, a little bit different, more like a neighborhood where parents would, you know, whether you were playing or not, um, you pulled up the chairs and sat in the, the at that time it was parking lot outfield. So everybody watched everybody else, you know, grow up. And even if you didn't live near somebody you went to school with or or they went to a different elementary school you knew about them and so um my earliest recollections are uh on the baseball field on actually what we used to call the middle field and speedy was a presence you just could not ignore he and another um young man named gully portier were just uh dynamos they were larger in stature and size but they also just were, you know, heads above the other athletes in terms of their play and their power. And so, you know, the home run bell, you know, everybody looks forward <laughs> when it goes off at a baseball field, you know, the siren goes and when you would know when they were playing because it, it went off a couple of times and you're like, Oh, we know who's playing on that you know field. And, um, 
and so that was kind of his athletic side on the personal side. It, it's like his personality, um, back to size in that, you know, large, but he was so quiet and he was so humble and just an all around, you know, nice kid that people wanted to be around. Um, and even kids who looked at him and, and thought, you know, their size might've like, Oh, take a step back. This is a big guy here. You know, he'd start talking and you would realize right away that he was one of the kindest, you know, kids that you would ever meet. So again, I'm blessed to have early, early memories of him, both as an athlete and as a friend. That's that's so fascinating, that idea in in the 70s growing up in Key West, going over to the baseball field and, and, and there's no other distractions. I would imagine when those baseball games are going on on Kennedy Drive, that's the biggest thing in town, correct? It definitely was. And, you know, back then it was kind of three seasons. So you moved from old Wickersfield on Flagler. And that's where, you know, football was played. And then, you know, basketball, and then everybody moved to baseball. So now where we have such expanded sports in our community, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Back then, you're right, that was the game in town was youth baseball. And again, families spent their nights out there, whether their own kids were playing or not. They just, you know, it was the place to be and watch the other kids and support them. And for us, it was like, like I said, a giant neighborhood. It's so fascinating because obviously, you know, we're talking about the past today and and we're going into the time machine, but it was so nice in those days because everybody was so focused on one thing. Just like you were saying, there was sometimes there's a beauty in less options because Mm -hmm. everyone is having this shared experience and everyone I would assume the next day is talking about what happened the night before. And I'm sure with Speedy, there was always a lot of memories there. Definitely. And you are right. It was where everybody focused their energy and everyone knew everyone. So when you went to school the next day, that was the talk of the town. And you literally had to talk because that was the way you communicated. So um, it was. The other thing is, you know, back in those days, the news, good old fashioned newspaper was Mm. um, a huge method of communication and sharing and highlighting. And my dad was an avid sports writer. And so on those big games, everyone would look for, you know, whose picture popped up, who had great games, um, uh, had big evenings or, again, the home runs and those types of things. And in baseball, you you couldn't go a week without seeing, you know, Speedy's name in a headline or um, his stats shining. And, again, he was – that was where he was able to really shine and and – just be natural athletic ability speed and and it's funny speedy wasn't from his speed on the field but yet he had it even though he was just um when i say larger than life he was just he was looking at a high school kid against kids playing in you know uh an eight nine year old league and he that was when too he started to and Again, he and Gully Portier, by the time they got to what we call the pony field, third field, Mm -hmm. they were a draw. When they played, people came to watch them because you knew you were going to see something outstanding. You knew you were going to see some excitement. And so 
their games would draw crowds that other games might not grow just because of the performance and and everybody else rose to the occasion so when you played against speedy you you had up your game and everybody on the opposing team knew it um and even his teammates did and as his friends again he humble and kind and caring so he was all one that would also cheer on his other friends when he wasn't playing you know so again just just a great all-around kid growing up with an exceptional talent now, uh, you brought up your father, uh, uh, Glenn Archer, correct? correct. And I, I did a lot of research and I was looking at old uh, Key West Citizen papers and looking at, at the sports page. And now, obviously, you did work on that, too, because I saw you as a sports writer and your work is excellent. Uh, your, your father's work was unbelievable as far as coverage of local and South Florida sports. I couldn't get over looking at some of those newspapers where he would have paragraphs and paragraphs of different things, different players at Key West High School, the marathon uh, swim team, the Key Largo team, the Miami Dolphins, like his coverage of, of local sports. I mean, as far as Monroe County went, it was unbelievable in going back and looking at those papers. The question is, is when you're young and, and Speedy's your peer, you know, how early, how young was he before your dad was like, oh, wow, this guy's good? Oh, well, my dad kind of followed things really well. And he spotted that um, early on when he started, you know, as a little kid. And as you said, my dad was the his love he was Mm -hmm. in education but you know his his passion i would say was athlete writing about athletes and and he really wanted to always shine a light on those who excelled um those who improved just um and and really sharing more than just the story of the game but if you read his writing as like you Mm -hmm. said he gave you a feel for what it was like to be there. The that excitement of, you know, when there was a big place, you know, Speedy hit a home run and it was, you know, a grand slam. He's going to give you the details and the descriptive words and he's going to, you know, write it with as much passion as he feels. And when he noticed early on that there were athletes, Speedy, you know, any athletes as they came through, and he felt like these are kids that are are have a bit more. These are kids who have potential for athletics to take them to another level, to help them in college and so forth. In those days, the writing and the newspaper articles really went a long way for exposure, especially for our kids in Monroe County, for exposure to other people to other schools. And, um, in those days, all County teams, um, all, you know, anything that went beyond Monroe County, even South Florida, et cetera. A lot of it was because of the stats, the information and so forth in the news, because there was no one, you know, no live stream feed, nobody's coming down to video tape. So that's how the word got out. And, And he took that seriously. And I can remember when I started to do writing, you know, he would say there's a responsibility in it because what you're doing is trying to not only highlight and tell the story of the game, but you want to make sure that the people reading it see how special this athlete is, what talents they may bring to a program, to a school, to something that can earn them, uh, 
something beyond, you know, where they are right then, you know? So, so yes. And so of course, covering, uh, athletes like speedy were just amazing. And the other thing that was a true gift my dad had is a, a memory that you just can't imagine. So as speedy grew and again, he couldn't play youth football because he was far too big. No one would put their, you know, they, he just never could make the weight class. He couldn't run enough. And, you know, uh, a, you know how kids run in the garbage bags. He couldn't, he was just <laughs> so much larger than everyone else. So of course everyone had their eye on him to get to that, you know, football playing field. So when he did make that transition and we went into high school and he started playing football, some of what you, you watch for, for us as kids, I remember thinking, huh, that's, you know, of course he's going to be good. He's big, he's this, he's going to be good at football. But I can remember my dad who also used to then took up coaching in JV, but you know, he watched athletic competition so much. I can remember him saying, Emory's big, but it's a it's a transition to play that game of football. And um, but Speedy did fall into it and he fell right in step and his athletic prowess continued to shine on the football field. And actually, that is where he just took off like dynamite and captured the attention of all of the fans. Um, And and when we went away. Like you said, um, people knew his name and, and they, they knew that he was somebody to watch out for somebody to watch. And I should say somebody to watch for because he was extremely, extremely talented and had a total presence by quiet leadership. And that that's kind of how I define him as an athlete. So, uh, I can't imagine, you know, they're in the late 70s in Key West, so far away. But then there's a big surprise, and I'm sure that your father had something to do with it. Speedy is named to, at the time, one of the biggest honors a high school or an amateur athlete could get, and that's the Faces in the Crowd section in Sports Illustrated. Speedy Neal made it. Um, what are your memories of that? And and was it a big deal in Key West for him to make Sports Illustrated as a high school conch athlete? Oh, absolutely. It And you are right. It is part of um, that writing, sharing. You know, our games were announced on the radio back then. My dad was like the back then voice of the conchs. And, and so getting the word out wasn't hard with someone like Speedy, but it it did require making an effort for people to really get an opportunity to see him play. And I can remember, you know, in our high school years, it was in the beginning, you just figure, yeah, he's going to be good. And, and as a classmate, you're like, of course, he's going to be good. He's been good at everything he's done. You know, he, he's going to be good. He's going to be a standout. You come to expect that of him. And, um, to us, he was just kind of, you know, speedy, of course. And he, he's great. And he's a leader on our team. And I used to cheer. So of course that made it extra special. And, and we, that was just who he was to us. But as he started developing and he started getting close to school records and as everybody else's attention, you know, started focusing on him, then we, then we knew, oh, we're we're like with a star, and you know we'd even give him a hard time. Okay, we're walking with a star, but but 
as as my husband Randy reminds me, people used to line up, hmm. line up to come watch him play. And back in those days at Tommy Roberts, there were bleachers. And then there were student section bleachers. I mean, some big bleachers on the other side. And it would be a packed house. So, and with people lined up waiting to come in or peering through the fence because they just wanted to to be part of that excitement and to be able to say, I watched Speedy Neal play or I watched him score this touchdown or or carry the ball. And so, yes, when when he got named, as he would get recognition, it was like, oh, wow, he's really making it. He's making it. You know, when you're when you're kind of in high school and someone starts to catch the eye of a university or a football program, th- that really piques your your interest because you're proud of your classmate. Like one of ours might just go to, you know, the university of here, especially at Florida University. And back then, I mean, I know there's a lot now, but it was like Florida State, UF, University of Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that was something that the average person just didn't walk in and do. So when he made it to Sports Illustrated, that was, you know, get your get your copy, get an autograph. You're going to be <laughs> famous. We're going to get money for this one day, Speedy. You know, and again, him with his humbleness and his kind of just, again, attitude of, no, you know, I, I'm just out there doing my best. I'm just out there doing, you know, do my best. And that that's it. Not I'm trying to be a superstar. I'm not. So I even think it took him aback that this is what people thought of him. You know, that he really had had impressed people enough to make it into Sports Illustrated. And that's a fascinating point, you know, to go back in the day with something like someone like Speedy Neal. It's such a great thing that his character was so high because back then, you know, if you have someone from Key West and he goes out to University of Miami back then and is not a great person, then that actually would like make Key West look bad. But as growing up and looking back, I always thought, wow, Key West must be so great because this great running back from Key West came there. But what a fine representative to the rest of the country. You know, what a finer representative because he really represented Key West when he went off to University of Miami. He always was a great guy and he did his best. And I just remember as a kid thinking, wow, I wonder what Key West is all about. So he's sort of for a generation of people put Key West on the map. Oh, absolutely. He did. And like I said, you know, when he was uh, here, he was breaking records left and right. And some of his records still stand, Mm -hmm. you know, um, he is responsible for most carries and most points and most TDs in a, a single game, even to this day and most carries for a single season. And I'll tell you an interesting story. So when speedy left and, you know, he went to the university of Miami and then he tried his hand at, at NFL. And one of the things that we as classmates always thought about, because when you see those programs, you know, University of Miami, when you see that, you just kind of think, oh, you know, they are like tough and going to get you. And that's, that's just the mentality you have to have. And I will say that we always thought we hope Speedy can, can do that because we know he had the toughness for the game and we know he had the perseverance to play, but 
you know how sports are and you know how sometimes it's just, you know, that growling, this is, this is what you have to be. And then to move on to pro, then it becomes a business. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I truly in my heart, just my opinion, believe that Speedy loved the game. He excelled at the game of football on the field. I don't know if he, had that same feeling for the game that's played off the field or what, what it takes and and not in terms of ability, but just everything that goes in to that because he wasn't a limelight person. He, he wasn't a, you know, I'm out to get you kind of person. I don't think he could muster up that, you know, we're here kind of thing. If he wanted to, his smile was too bright. His, his heart was too big. And, um, and, and so I sometimes wonder if, if it was that, that just, you know, where he chose that football wasn't his path for, for a longer part of his lifetime. Um, but what I was going to tell you, the story I was going to tell you the records. So, so he had, um, you know, and he went off to college and we followed him all the way through and we were always so proud of him and, and so forth. And, um, but when he decided to stop playing football and he moved away from here, we, uh, didn't see him that much. And we'd hold reunions. The class of 1980 is very faithful for reunions. Mm. We love our class, Mm -hmm. but speedy didn't come back much. And so he hadn't been here in a while and I'm principal at QS high and it's 2015, I believe. And, um, he and his wife show up. And I was, oh, I just can't tell you how thrilled I was to see him. It had been so long. And I tell you, he looked exactly like every picture that was posted on Facebook. He looked the same. Wife sweet and kind. And we talk a little bit. And I said to him, there's a young man I want you to meet. And it was Makai Sargent. Mm-hmm. Because Makai had the ability to break and, and did break several of Speedy's records. He had that same heart that smile and beautiful smile and just aura and presence about him of the quiet leader, determined, skillful, etc. And one of the things that just warmed my heart was watching introducing those two and watching them just kind of talk and and I don't know what they talked about, but um it was just a moment I will not forget. And that actually was the last time I saw Speedy. And I am so grateful now because I remember that so vividly. Um, I feel like, you know, that opportunity for Makai to speak to someone who um, he hoped to walk in those shoes and, and follow on and have a college career and go to, you know, the NFL and, and then to be able to sit and really catch up with Speedy and, just hear him, you know, talk about his family and his faith and, and what he was doing and kind of get that one giant hug one last time. I'm so grateful that I had that moment um, to know that he has passed, you know, so early, but to have that and add that to all the fabulous memories we had growing up, hanging out and just doing things that high school kids do. 
And, you know, that, that's very, very touching, Amber. And thank you so much from, from speaking from your heart and really painting a picture for a lot of people. Because, you know, for me and you, it, it's hard to believe that 1980 was such a long time ago because to me it doesn't feel like that long. And I know that's the same for you. But there's a lot of names, you know, when, when people come down to the Keys, they hear a lot of names. And I'm just grateful that you're able to paint a picture of who he was on the field and off. So thank you once again. And um, if you don't mind, um, if you if you're up to it, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about your career. Is that okay? Yes. You have such a fascinating career. And I want you to know, seriously, the impact that you have on people when you don't know it, because, you know, personally, I came down to Monroe County in 1997 and I've always watched you, you know, as an administrator, you know, my first memories, I think you were writing for the, I was coaching with Greg Kramer and Pat Freeman in Key West. And I think you were writing for the keynoter or the citizen and you were coaching cheerleading at Key West high school. And I said, Oh, wow. Okay, what what's going on here? And then then you became um, an administrator, you know, I think at Point Siena, right? Correct. Yeah. And I remember, you know, I'm a PE teacher at Sugarloaf and I'm doing the fifth grade track meet. And I'm like, who's this administrator at the fifth grade track meet every year going crazy for her student athletes? And it was you. And then, yeah, 100%. And wherever, whatever school you were at, I'm going, oh my goodness, this person loves sports, supports all sports, supports all athletes, supports all coaches. And then just, I can't believe to tell you like the impact, a lot of the things that you've done, like with your athletes and the things that you've said have impacted me like personally and professionally. And that's like serious. So I do want to thank you for that. Um, I thank you for sharing that because that is why it's really the motivation. I love what I do and I, oh, you're right. I really love athletics and, um, and making a difference is kind of, you know, your, my life's, you know, you want to say, what do you want out of your life? And that's what it is. So thank you for sharing. Now. So you've seen so much and, you know, and you're going to know what I talk about when I say this. And I, and I, I don't want you to think about this too much, but there's times in your career, right? When you're watching sports and you're watching your students or your, your students perform and you have these moments like, this is unbelievable. This is a great moment in sports. Like I could think about times during games when I'm coaching and you catch yourself and you go, this is great. What are a couple of those moments for you as like an administrator where you just catch yourself and you're like, I can't believe this is happening as far as sports goes. There's so many, but I will say that um, a, a couple come to mind right away, actually more than you have time but to talk about. <laughs> but I do remember, you know, my dad was real sick and, and he was the lover of all sports in 96. He got sick right at the end and, and QS was going to play for the state championship. And we, of course, had followed them. You know, we just do. We followed them. My dad was writing about him. My dad couldn't go. He was in the hospital. And he said, you got to go. And I said, no, I can't leave you. And he said, oh, absolutely not. They're playing for the state playoffs. And we're not, you know, there's not going to be a QS Kong baseball game that's not covered. And we don't have, you know, somebody there. And, and, um, and so I did. And it, the tournament was amazing. And the kids played phenomenal and won that state title. And I can remember, you know, Randy Sterling and, and some of the 
fellas coming in and bringing my dad the game ball and me being able to tell him personally the highlights from that game, it, it just meant so much to him. And so I watched it, I guess, with a keener eye. And um, while I was, you know, it was such a sadness in my heart that he wasn't there, the ability to really bring that back and share it with my dad was something special. Um I, I will say um, when our basketball team made it to the state finals, um, mm-hmm. my daughter was in school and uh, my oldest was in school and um, we just had this team that really was moving and, and they didn't get to this final state championship, but they played in the final four. And I remember being there looking up and saying, wow, it's been a long time since, you know, a conch basketball team has gone this far and it was in the early 2000s and that just, you know, highly impacted me. And then I have to say, this is partially selfish um, in the fact that, as you mentioned, I was a cheer coach (laughs) and for a long time, competitive cheer was just that thing that went over there. My dad was very much a stickler for cheerleading was not a sport. That was just not, it was a little, you know, internal disagreement, but it wasn't a sport. And, and so after several years, they actually held a competition that was bracketed out like a baseball bracket would be one A's went against one A's, two A's, three A's, four A's. And I was coaching a team that, um, won the four A championship. And, um, it was the first, I, of course, first for us, it was just amazing. Small little group. Um, in fact, former AD Netta Jackson was on the team <laughs> as a cheerleader. And But it was my dad reporting it out, it, it, um, organizing a welcome back, and kind of finally saying, you know what? You really are a sport was just, you know, the whole thing was surreal to me. So... Um, those are three big team things, but I've watched individuals just um, set records, passes that you just can't even believe, um, swimming, uh, swimmers that are out in front by leaps and bounds. And um, and I've, I've been able to watch the evolution of soccer and lacrosse mm-hmm. and and softball. You know, I played girls baseball. When I was young, there was no softball. And I was on one of the first two teams. There were only two that played girls baseball way, way back in the day. And from those two girls teams, we went to four girls baseball teams. And then it grew and the turn came for softball. And I was just able to watch softball just emerge and grow to to where I went last year, which is another memorable game, you know, where the state softball team is just making a run um, for a state title. So, again, I could fill a newspaper with things that I could remember, and I probably can't remember more than I can. But um, I am blessed to have been able to be a part of it to have written about it. And you're right. I served as the citizen sports editor for a time Mm -hmm. and wrote for the keynoter. And I even did a live TV show, TCI sports broadcasting here for a short stint, um, back in a very long time ago. So it, it, it served my passion of what I wanted to be when I went to college originally, which was a sports broadcaster. But you probably remember that in the 80s, there were three main channels, no ESPN, <laughs> and women were not in sports. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were going to be on 4, 7, or 10, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was it. And women and everyone said, you're never going to be able to make a career. And I always think to myself, oh, if I had just stuck it out or been five years later, <laughs> how many channels do we have now? And women, 
are wonderfully everywhere. So this was my way of being able to serve my passion as well Mm -hmm. while doing something I love, which is educating. Well, you know, sometimes everything happens for a reason and it's nice. Sometimes it's nice to think, hey, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I don't know if that's the case for me, but I can tell you right now, Amber, I feel like you're in the spot that you're supposed to be. And thanks a lot for coming on today and sharing your memories about Speedy and everything else. And I really appreciate you coming on and everything you do. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about my classmates and some of the exciting things in sports. And I really appreciate because you are right. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. So thank you so much for having me on. It was fantastic. Thank you so much for listening to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap podcast with Coach McDonald. Your one place for Monroe County prep sports news and history. Please pass this podcast on. Put it on your Facebook. Put it on all your social medias, Twitter, whatever it is. Please do. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and have a great day.